0: Hallelujah. Ooh, it's a good day. You, you can sit down. I like you guys. Thank you. Right. I really do like you guys. I appreciate y'all. And it's a, honestly, it's a blessing to, to be a part of this family. It's a blessing to just get to minister with you guys, alongside you guys. Um, we, we have a big calling. Um, there's a whole city of Albemarle. There's a whole county of Stanley. We got people from Montgomery County, Cabarrus. We got people all over the place, but there's a lot of people who need to know that God is good. And, uh, and so today, actually, that's exactly what we're talking about. We opened up with, Lord, you are good. Bear was, has been talking a lot about uh, how good God is. There's been a lot of, God, you're good uh, talk happening today. And uh, it's funny because I didn't tell Barrett the topic today, but we're talking about how uh, God is good. Now, Say say this with me. Lord, Lord. you are good, good. and your mercy mercy. endures forever. forever. Let's say it again. Lord, Lord. you are good, good. and your mercy mercy. endures forever. forever. Oh, man, he's good. You know, that's not just something that we say because it sounds nice. It's true. What, what, it's also in the Bible. You know, the Bible does say, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. That's who He is. He's good. What does good mean? That's a good question, right? What does good mean? That, that word in that, in that uh, passage actually literally said, means this. It means that He gives pleasure. You know, it's fun to serve God. Right? Right? He gives pleasure. You know, the Bible says that sin, uh, there, with sin, the pleasure is fleeting. But we actually have a pleasure that can endure forever. That's found in Him, because He's good. You know, he wants my life to be fun. Sometimes, like, I don't know. Sometimes I can get to a point where my toes stuck in a sink, right? And I and I can just laugh about it and not be all like up in arms about it because my God's good he'll help me get my toe out of the sink. I'm speaking from experience. Just in case you're wondering. Right? And he helped me get my toe out of the sink. See, it doesn't matter what I'm going through. It doesn't matter what how bad things look. You know, how how deep your toes in that in that sink, right? It doesn't matter like where you're at. He's good. And he wants you to enjoy life. You know, the uh, John 10:10 10, 10 is a very clear example. The thief comes only to steal kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, and this is what it says in the Amplified, it says, but I have come that they might have and enjoy life. God doesn't want, Bishop David Oyedepo says it this way, he says, God doesn't want you to endure life, he wants you to enjoy life. That's who he is. Why? Because he's good. He's good. He's good. So good means he's, he, he's giving pleasure. Uh, he gives happiness. You know, God wants you happy. So all the people that say, God never said he wants you happy. What? Show me the Bible where it says God wants you depressed and sad. You won't find it. You know what the word blessed means when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know that word blessed means happy? You know the Bible says, happy is he whose God is the Lord? I'm, I'm quoting scripture, so... For people who say that God never said he wants you happy, they don't know the Bible. That's right. And if you've ever said it, well, now, now you know the Bible. Right? God wants us happy. He wants us to enjoy life. Why? Because he's good. I don't want my wife sad all the time. I want her happy. And I'll do what it takes to make her happy. Right? Why? Because her joy brings me joy. You know... Our joy brings God joy. You know, Jesus said that. He said, ask and you'll receive so that your joy may be full. Why? Because that brings him joy. He wants you happy. He wants you walking in joy. Why? Because he's good. He's good. Now, here's the question then. The Bible says, happy is he whose God is the Lord. Um, I'm going to be completely honest. I haven't always been happy in my life. In fact, there was a long period of time where I battled with depression. I took the medication. I went to to the to the counseling visits. It was actually funny. Uh, so I I had a, a psychiatrist, and um, and I would go to those appointments once in. Uh, I worked at Little Caesars at the time, and I I went to my boss and I said, "Hey, boss, I can't work on uh, Thursday because I have a doctor's appointment." You know, I was being modest. He's like, "Oh, is it a psychiatrist?" I was like, "Actually, yes." And he had no idea how to respond to it. It was great. <laughs> He was like, oh, you know, I was just kidding. I was like, I know. I'm not. But anyway. Anyway, um, but during that whole period of time, though, you know, I, I asked God, God, take this away. I don't want it. God, take it away. And, and it didn't go away. At least not at that point. Right? It didn't go away. And I was sad. I was depressed. And I convinced myself, hear this, and this is kind the big thing that we're talking about. I convinced myself that God didn't want me happy. Well, what was the deception that was riddled in all of that? God is withholding something good from me. Right. And I want to tell you today that the Bible was very clear. God does not withhold good from you. That's not who he is. You want a Bible proof? Psalm chapter 84, verse 11. And we can put it up on the screen. So, and you can turn with it, with, to it in your Bibles because it's in there. I'm not just kind of throwing this out of thin air. Psalm 84, 11, it says this, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. And I want you to just read this next part with me. It's on the screen. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Okay, how many good things does he withhold? None. So is he a withholder of good? No. No, He's not. That's not who he is. That's not his character. That's not his nature. Here's the thing. We have a choice whether we receive it or not. And in that time, I was asking God to help me, but I didn't actually know how to receive his help. I was just expecting him to do it all. I was, God, help me, but I'm actually going to meditate on all these depressing thoughts throughout the rest of the week. And, and I'm wondering why, why God's not delivering me, but I'm actually not even doing what he said to do. Meditate on what's good and praiseworthy. You know, there, and, and, and I'm telling you this, that God did help me and he did deliver me. And in those times, whenever I'm like, God, just take this away. He, in his very core, in his very nature, wanted to get rid of it. Because he, he's not a withholder of good. That's not who he is. God, Right, we see it right here. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That's not his nature to withhold. But I will say this: the devil has convinced a lot of people and a lot of church people that that's who he is. God withholds good, and it and it stems all the way back to the garden. He, he has no new tricks. He doesn't he, he doesn't have any new lies. We see that in, in 1 Corinthians 10.13. It says, there's no temptation that has come upon you except what is common to man. The devil uses the same tricks over and over again. The Bible says we're not ignorant of his devices. And, and, and so this is one of those deceptions. And, and I'm gonna, I want to share with you guys two, uh, two, two deceptions that the devil has tried to bring into the church and into our minds. And, if, and, and as I'm sharing this, you'll probably recognize them. All right? So the first deception uh, is this. I can half-heartedly seek God and find him. That's a lie. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29.13, actually, let's go there. Jeremiah. We'll start at Jeremiah 29.11. You've heard that verse, right? Jeremiah 29.11. It's a good verse. I love that verse. We quote it all the time here. Why? Because it actually shows God's intention and God's good will for us, right? He says, Jeremiah 29.11, "'For I know the plans that I have for you,' declares the Lord." Plans for welfare, not for calamity. Basically, that word means he has plans for you to fare well, right? We, we read in, in, uh, in Matthew, right, the angels say, uh, when they're glorifying God, peace on earth, and what? Goodwill toward men. What does that mean? God's will towards men is good. And we see that in Jesus. Look at it. So, so his plans for me are good, right? Uh, other translation says plans for prosperity and not for your harm to give you a future and a hope. Now, does that sound good? That sounds really good. That's God's plans for you. He doesn't have any plans for you to be depressed. He has no plans for you to, to struggle or to strive in life. But we do that. Why? We have done that. Why? Because have we fully believed this? That's the question. Have, have I fully believed this? The, the, the next verse says this. Jesus says, Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all, all your heart. And so here's the deception that the devil wants to get you into. He wants you to get you into a place where you half-heartedly or basically like like one-tenth-heartedly seek after him. God, I need your help. Okay, he didn't help me. And then you walk away. But how many of us have done that? You don't have three hand. But that's what I was doing. God, I need your help. But then I turned away. Well, I guess he didn't help me. I guess this is what he wants for me. And I was half-heartedly seeking him. I wasn't actually seeking after him with my whole heart. I wasn't giving him my life and saying, Jesus, whatever you want me to do, it's yours. Whatever you have for me, it's yours. God, this, whatever I've been doing isn't working, so God, show me what to do. I wasn't doing that. I was just saying, God, take away my problems." And I wasn't actually seeking him. And because I wasn't actually seeking him, I wasn't finding him. And that's a, de- that, that's a major deception that we see in, in people today. Is they, they think, I can passively seek God. I'll go to church on Sundays and that's all I really need to do. Ignore Him the rest of the week and expect things to work out. You won't find Him that way. Why? Because He said it in His Word, this is how you find me. If you seek after me with all your He's not saying that, that, that if there's one thing off, you won't find me. No, He's, he's made it available. He just wants you to seek after Him. It doesn't say, it doesn't say if you seek after uh, answers or prosperity, or if you seek after healing, you'll find it. It says seek after Him. I need that fellowship with Him. I need relationship with Him. Because it's in Him that I live, in Him that I move, in Him that I have my being. We are more than conquerors, amen, but it's through Him. Right? Every single passage you find victory, it's attached to being in Him. Jesus said, abide in me and I abide in you and ask whatever you want. It will be given to you, but I need to abide. right? For 2 Corinthians 2.14, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. We can't detach that from it. Oh, well, thank, uh, I am more than a conqueror. Amen. I am more than a conqueror. Amen. Hallelujah. But if I'm not in Him, there's no conquering. And then I'm a frustrated Christian. Because I'm seeing victory all over the world. But it seems like I'm having a hard time experiencing it for myself. And so when, when and, and, well, the Bible says in, uh, in the book of Hebrews, uh, I believe it's chapter 6, verse 12. I could be wrong, but it says that, it says, um, without faith, it is impossible to please him. But those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I need to seek him diligently. I need to pursue him diligently. God, I want you. I I don't want anything else. I just want you. And when I have you, everything else works. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But I need him. It has to be in him. I have to be connected with him. I need to seek him wholeheartedly. That's when I find him. That's when I get answers. That's when things begin to work out. Man, that's when when the goodness of God begins pouring out into my life. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack no thing. But when when the Lord's my shepherd, I need to be close to him. If I'm apart from the pack, I'm open up to be attacked. But when I'm with my shepherd, his rod and his staff, they comfort me because he'll beat off any enemy that comes my way. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's with me. His rod, his staff, they come for me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup is running over. And surely, goodness. He's good. His goodness and mercy will chase me down all the days of my life. When, I, when I'm with him. When I'm in him. And so and so I was convinced when I was a teenager. God, God must want me to have this. God want, must want me emotionally fractured and depressed. That must be his will for me because I asked him to take it away and he didn't, but I didn't actually seek him. And so, I want you to hear this. God is not withholding any good thing from you. He's not withholding any good thing from you. That's not his nature. Everything in his being wants you to be blessed. Everything in his being wants you to be prosperous. Everything in his being, because well, you know, that's another part of good, is that he brings prosperity. That's another part of that definition. I, I, I studied it and looked that, that word up this morning. That's what good means, that he brings these things to us, that he gives these things to us. That's what he wants. Now, if we look in the context of the book of Jeremiah, are they experiencing those things in those moments? No, they're actually in exile. People came in and destroyed their walls, broke it down. It was a pretty messed up situation, right? They're not experiencing all oh, like, because you'll, you'll hear people say, well, you know, God says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, and, and this destruction must have been his plan for them because, you know, uh, because that's what's going on, and that's the context. That's not the context of this verse. The context of this verse is God actually saying, what you're experiencing right now is not my good plans for you, but if you come to me, I'll answer you, and, it'll, and, and it'll, the situation will fix itself. That's who God is. See, God doesn't, God is not one who sees us in our mess or, or in our mistakes and he rubs our nose in and says, See, I told you so. No, he says, just come to me and I'll fix it. Just give yourself to me, I'll work it out. That's who he is. Why? Because he's good. He's not a withholder of good things. He's not trying to withhold good things from us. Third John 1, verse 2. Beloved, like I'll read it in in King James, all right, or I'll quote it in King James, but I won't be full King James because I'm not going to do the these and those. But it says, Beloved, uh, I said Beloved, that's a King James word, whatever. He says, "I, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So what's your soul? That's your mind, your will, and emotion. So he wants that to prosper, which means he doesn't want you depressed. He doesn't want you anxious. He actually says, be anxious for nothing. Why would he say that if there wasn't a grace that he wanted to give you to overcome anxiety? It's available. He's not, he, he would be unjust to say, be anxious for nothing, but then ha- make you try to figure it out on yourself. and, and basically, Or say, hey, be anxious for nothing, but uh, you can't actually overcome that anxiety. He would be unjust to say that, but he's a just and a good God. So if he said, be anxious for nothing, all the supply you need to overcome anxiety is available to you. Amen? In the situations where it's like, how is this ever going to work out? All supply is in him to overcome and to be victorious. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you face, the Bible says, Tell, say to the godly, all will be well for them. Does that mean you're not going to face things? No, but it means it'll all work out. It'll all be fine. God will work it out for your good. What the enemy intends for evil, God will repurpose it and, t- and make it something that actually brings blessing into your life. Amen? That's who he is. Why? Because that's what he does. He's good. He cannot produce evil. He cannot produce... Well, didn't he make the devil? No, he made Lucifer, who was created to worship him. The devil, Lucifer, out of himself and out of his own pride, created evil. God didn't create evil. Because he can't produce darkness. The Bible says, he is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Why? Because he's good. He's good. Ephesians 1.3 tells us, Blessed be God our Father, for our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, everything I need. He's he's already given to us. So it's not just that He's withholding these things, it's actually now we're in a position where it's already available to us. We we see the same thing in in 2 Peter 1.3, right? Let me read it. Seeing that his divine power has is has, has present or past tense a, a, a little uh, English lesson is it present or past tense past tense has it, it's already happened he' has given us he has he has given us every spiritual blessing or no I just read the wrong one he has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of uh, of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his own glory and excellence. Or he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. So that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. Look at that. You have, you can become partakers of that divine nature. Basically, the goodness that God has can now flow through you. Every good thing that you see in me is God. Every good thing that I see in my wife is from the Lord. Why? Because the Bible says, going back to that deception that that says that you can half-heartedly see God and find him, right? The Bible says in in James 1, it says, don't be deceived. This is a deception. There's a a deception that James is addressing here in James 1, uh, verse 16. He says, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. What's the deception uh, that he's exposing? Or, or correcting, here's how he's correcting. He's saying every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. So he's saying there's a deception where people have actually believed that every bad thing that happens in my life, God's the author of it. Or the deception that will even say everything that happens in my life, God is sovereign and he, he authored it all. That's not actually biblical it's biblical that God is sovereign, but it's unbiblical to say that everything that happens in my life was God's will. If that's the case, why would Jesus have to pray, uh, your will be done on earth? What's the point of praying something if it's going to automatically happen? Or how about this? God wills that none should perish. Are people perishing? So is God's will always done? No. God has a will. He was saying that to 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 the uh to Israel in Jeremiah. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And then he goes on to say, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me, you'll... Uh, Look at this. This is actually one of my... I was telling Serena this earlier today. This is actually one of my favorite passages. And and we're going to read it in the New New Living. But it's uh, Jeremiah chapter 3. I I want you to hear this. Because again, God's people were interesting... And honestly, God's people are interesting. Because <laughs> we we look at Israel and we're like, they're so dumb. I mean, like, shouldn't they know to just trust God? Right? Shouldn't they know? like, Like, why are they making that golden calf, like, right after they crossed over the river? That's so dumb. Right? Well... Or or how about this, like, there have been times whenever I, like, I've thought to myself, like, God, if you just give me this massive vision, or if Jesus walked in the room right now and had a conversation with me, I'll fool, I, I will give you everything and I'll never doubt you. They literally saw the Red Sea part before them, walked through it on dry ground, and then like 30, like 30 verses later, they're creating a golden cap saying, this is the one who brought us out of Israel. I'm addressing something because sometimes we think if God did something spectacular, then I'll never doubt him again. That's not how it works. We need to choose day after day after day to walk by faith, not by sight. God, whatever I see, whatever's going on around me, I'm not going to walk based on that or how I feel. I'm not going to walk based on that. God, if you said it in your word, I believe it's true. And we'll get into that. But if he said he's not withholding any good thing from me, I have to actually believe that his goodness will supersede my situation when I don't see goodness around me. So basically what I'm doing is I'm trying to get you to see the heart of God for you, not just for Israel, for you. That he's good. His goodness is directed towards you if you'll receive it. Jeremiah 3 verse 19. This is God talking to his people who are currently in exile. This is God talking I thought to myself, I would love to treat you as my own children. I wanted nothing more than to give you this beautiful land, the finest possession in the world. I looked forward to your calling me father, and I wanted you never to turn from me. Do you hear that heart of love? Recognize that this land that he brought them into is the most beautiful land. I mean, whenever they took the clusters of grape, it was massive. They they had to, like, put it on a pole and have two men carry it because of how abundant this land was, a land flowing with milk and honey, right? It was a beautiful land, and God is saying right here, I wanted nothing more than to bless you with this. You hear his heart because he's talking to a people who aren't inheriting what God wanted them to inherit. He said, I wanted nothing more than to give you this. And I'm telling you right now, if you're dealing with something, if you're battling with a sickness in your body, God's saying the same thing. I want nothing more than for you to receive everything you need to unlock that healing for you because he's not withholding. What person came to Jesus in faith and he said, um, no. Uh, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. No, I'm not. Bye. Did Jesus ever do that? No. What did he say? I am willing. Be, Be made whole. Right? The the multitudes came to him in faith, and the Bible says on multiple occasions, he healed them all. Shouldn't we be like Jesus? Or, Or shouldn't we recognize that Jesus was moved with compassion and love for the people, and because he was moved with love for people, which he didn't do anything except what he saw from the Father, and he went and he started healing all the sick, he was doing that because that's the heart of the Father. He's doing that because he's good. He didn't do that just because he was Jesus, because he was God, and no one else could because Peter didn't. Yeah. Peter had multitudes come to him, and he healed all the sick. Well, Peter didn't do it. God did it through Peter, right? Because God's the good. God's the good. God is good. Yeah, that's it. That's how, that's how, how words work. God is good. So, So... And so just addressing that that thing, the devil wants you to believe, though, that I can half-heartedly seek him and find him, but that's not how it works. Because then what ends up happening is we say something like, God, I want you to heal me from this depression, walk away, and then nothing changed. And then now comes in the second depression, the second deception, which is God doesn't want you to have it. God's withholding something good from you. And this is all a lie from the devil. I guess God doesn't want me healed. I guess God doesn't want me uh, to to pay these bills. I guess that, what what are we doing in those moments? We're questioning his love for us. We're questioning his goodness. Well, actually, no, no, let me correct that. We're not questioning it. The devil is getting into our brain and saying, God doesn't want you better. God doesn't want to help you. If he wanted to help you, he would have done it by now. That's all demonic. That's the devil speaking. Why? Because that's what he did in the garden. Did God say that you can't eat any of these uh, the fruit in in this uh, garden? Oh no, we can eat from from any of the trees, just just the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, uh, and, and those that that's the tree that we shouldn't eat of, or even touch, or we'll surely die. You won't die, because God knows if you eat of it, you'll be like Him. What's He saying? God doesn't want you to have something good for you. It's the, This seems good. God doesn't want you to have it. What's he trying to breed at the core? That God is withholding something good from her. And she looked at the fruit and said it was good to taste, when actually it wasn't good for her. Why? Because, well, we know what happened. It didn't work out. But you see that deception, right? And he uses that same trick to this day. God's withholding something good from you. You know, if he, if, if he really loved you, he would have done this by now. If he really loved you, he would have fixed this by now. If he really loved you. And w- what's the devil trying to get in your brain? God doesn't love you. And what's the, root, what, what's the root lie that he tried to throw in there? I mean, the root lie is that God doesn't love you. But the way he brings it in is basically saying God's withholding something from you. And he does not. God withholds no good thing. No good thing. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That's not who he is. He's not a withholder. That's not who he is. He doesn't withhold things from us. Especially if they're good for us. If they're bad for us, yeah, he'll withhold that. Because he doesn't want the bad to come into our lives. Recognize this. When we read in the Old Testament, a lot of times we, we see two different gods. We see an Old Testament God and a New Testament God, but they're all the same God. What we see in Jesus is what the Father is. Like... uh, You'll hear some theologians, they'll say, you know, in the Old Testament, we see an accurate representation, but in the New Testament, according to Hebrews, we have an exact representation of the Father and who His character and nature is. But who Jesus is, when He walked through and healed all the sick, that's who God the Father is. He's the same. Jesus, who had compassion and came and gave His life for the people so that we don't have to go to hell, so that we don't have to be bound anymore, that same love that held Jesus on the cross... Realize, Jesus could have stepped down from the cross anytime he wanted to. You know, this is something that the Lord told me. It was my love that held me there. Because he could have stepped down, but his love was, no, these people need saved. These people need fellowship with the Father, and their sin is what's keeping them from that. My love held me there. Our sin was on him. You know, you'll hear people say, our sin held him there. No, his love held him there. Our sin came on him. He became sin who knew no sin so that we can become the righteousness of God. And in that righteousness, now I'm an open vessel to receive the goodness of God in a way that I never have. Because God said, my arm is not slow that it can't reach you, or my arm's not short that it can't reach you. He says, my my ear's not shut that I can't hear, but it's the iniquity, it's the sin that's keeping me from, from helping you. But then Jesus came Fixed at all, you know. God even offered a way in the Old Testament for the people to not bear his the, basically the consequences of their decisions. See, all throughout the Old Testament, God is doing everything He can to keep His people from being bound, to keep His people from being from entering into the curse, from entering from from experiencing the sickness and the consequences and the and, and all those things. Uh, you know, it, everything that God is re, re, okay. Let, let me explain this because we'll we'll see. Passages like, and then God smote them, or God uh, gave them boils, or God did all these different things. Hear hear this, because the Bible says that God does nothing except if he reveals it to to the prophets, right? God God didn't do anything except first giving them well-advanced warning in a way of escape. Because God didn't want them to experience it. See, when God gave the law, he said, hey, if you obey me and do these things, it'll go well for you. You'll prosper. It'll be awesome. And they experienced some of that. But he said, but if you disobey me and go this way, it it won't be awesome. That's my paraphrase. Right? But it's true. Right? Like, I was reading in Jeremiah. I'm bringing a lot of Jeremiah passages about the goodness of God because he's good. I was reading in Jeremiah, uh, I believe it was last week, and the people came to Jeremiah. At this point, you know, uh, Jerusalem had been destroyed, and and the people are trying to figure out what to do and where to go. And, uh, and they, they said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, inquire of the Lord. Whatever he tells you to do, whether we like it or not, we're going to do it. And um, so Jeremiah went to inquire of the Lord. Ten days later, he got an answer. Now, I, That's a message in and of itself, right? That Jeremiah spent 10 days just seeking the Lord, and he didn't give up after an hour, right? No, I'm just going to seek you. Lord, whenever I need the answer, you'll give it to me. I'm just going to enter into your presence. I don't need an answer today. I just need you. Moses, going up to the top of Mount Sinai for 40 days. The Bible says he, he went up to the top of the mountain for 40 days, and then God answered him. Then, then God spoke. Man, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. After 15 minutes, I'm like, are you going to answer me? But, uh, but, but, but the thing is, do, do I need an answer or do I need him? I just need him. In him, I live and move and have my being. In him, all the answers come. The Holy Spirit is the one who discloses things to me. The, uh, I just need it to be in him. I don't need to worry about those things. But anyway, that was, that was extra. But Jeremiah... Ten days later, the Lord spoke to him, and then he came back to the people, and Jeremiah said this, "Uh, thus says the Lord, uh, don't go to Egypt, stay here in Judah, I'll protect you, I'll be with you, stay in the land of Judah, essentially, I'll protect you, anyone who comes after you, I'll I'll keep you protected from them, but don't go to Egypt, because if you go to Egypt, it's not going to work out for you, it's not going to be awesome, paraphrase, essentially, right, he's... He basically said, people will come, take you out, it'll it'll be a mess. You don't want to be there. They're like, no, we're going to go to Egypt. Even though 10 days earlier they said, whatever he tells you to do, whether we like it or not. Right. Right? But I want you to say this, when God gave Jeremiah that word, he gave the people a choice. You read in in Deuteronomy uh, 30, I believe it's verse 1, where God says, Behold, I have laid before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose this one. Choose life. If there's any confusion, choose life. So he gave the people a choice. Hey, you can follow me or you can do whatever you want, but I'm just going to tell you in advance that it's not going to work out if you go this direction. Follow me. And many times, when you see the people going off and doing their own things, and things don't work out for them, and it says God did it, what you're actually seeing is not God's will manifesting, but God's word manifesting. Because God cannot contradict the word. If he said something, he cannot contradict it, or else he's a liar. So here's what he does. He gives them a system of sacrifice. So that all that calamity that that he already spoke, there could be actually a way of escape so that they don't have to endure it. Everything he's doing in the Old Testament is trying to keep them from actually experiencing those things. He wants wants nothing more but for good to come on us. He he wanted nothing more than for them to walk in the good of the land. That's his heart. He is good. And, And you fast forward and now we have Jesus. The ultimate sacrifice. We don't have to sacrifice bulls and goats anymore. Why? Because Jesus came to restore our relationship with the Father so that His goodness can pour out on us. No good thing is withholding from those who walk abruptly. He brought Jesus so that our relationship with Him can be restored so that He can pour out His goodness on us. He's not looking to withhold any good thing from you. He's not looking to withhold any good thing from me. That, why? Because He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. For the Lord, He is good. And His mercy endures forever. For the Lord, He is good. And His mercy endures forever. Amen? He's good. This is why we sing. Because He's good. This is why we worship. Because He's good. Now, now, now. Here's the questions that we need to ask ourselves, and these are the questions I needed, to ask I needed to ask myself because God's not slow in keeping his promise. He's not slow. That's what the Bible says. But he's patient with us. Oh. So it's not, well, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God to come through. I'm just waiting on God to do something. I'm just waiting on God to show up. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says he has already made it available to you, the Bible says that he's not slow in keeping his promise, as some consider slowness. But he's patient with us, not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want you to die in what you're going through. He doesn't, that's not his will. He's good. So there, there's a question that I needed to start asking myself whenever I was seeking the Lord and I didn't see his goodness manifesting. There's a couple questions I needed to ask myself. Number one was, am I seeking him? Or am I just seeking answers? Does that make sense? It's good to seek answers. It's good to ask questions. The Bible says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He'll give it to you. God's not withholding wisdom. Oh, praise God. But I need to seek him first. I cannot tell you how many times I've come to the Lord. And and I've been, oh, hey, God, it's me. Uh, I I need help with this this and 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 this. And God, can you help me with this? And really, uh, and all of those things that I'm asking him for are me focused. Not him focused. Instead of coming in saying, Lord, you are good. and You you know, the Bible says you enter into his gates with thanksgiving. How do I enter into his presence? I enter into his gates with thanksgiving. I enter into his courts with praise. That's how we enter in. That's why we start every service with worship. Because that's how we enter in. That's how we enter in. If I want to receive something from from God today, I need to enter into his presence, I need to enter into him, because again, it's in him that I conquer, it's in him that I find victory, it's all in him, and so how do I come to him? With thanksgiving, with praise, the Bible says that this is the will of God, to give, rejoice always, give thanks continually, right, that's, that's, why, why am I doing that? Because that's evidence that I'm continuously in Him. If I'm always complaining about everything, I'm nothing more than, than the Israelites who didn't get to enter into the promised land. I don't, God doesn't want you to not receive the promise. He doesn't want, want you to not enter into the promise, which is why He's given us the word that says, uh, give thanks, because that will help you receive the promise. So, so what does that mean? That means when I come to God, I shouldn't come to him saying, God, this isn't working. I don't know what to do. Like, like I can come and be genuine, but what I really need to do is I need to enter in with thanksgiving. God, I thank you that, that no matter what I see, and no matter what I'm facing, you're working it out because you are good. And, Father, I receive your goodness right now, and I thank you that you're making a way where... The, the, do you see the difference? What did Jesus say? This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven... Hallowed be your name. What, what did he start with? You're holy. Worship. Praise. That's how he says we should enter into prayer. Not we should enter in, God, this isn't going to, I'm going to die. That's not how we're supposed to enter in. We're supposed to enter in with thanksgiving. Does our flesh often want to do that? No. God, I just want to complain right now. But I don't, I'm not, I don't move by my flesh. I'm supposed to be led by the Spirit of God who says, enter in with thanksgiving. That, that, see, that'll come... I'm telling you, the reason why I'm bringing these things up is because this will completely change your prayer life. This will complete Not just your prayer life, your life. When I have a revelation of, that my God is good, and he wants nothing but good for me, that'll change the way I perceive situations. I'll get mad at, at when, when the devil starts coming and attacking. I'll, no, the Bible says that every weapon formed against me will not prosper, right? No weapon formed against me will prosper. So I'm, first off, I know that this isn't going to work out because God said it won't work out. But then it says, every tongue that rises against me in judgment, I will condemn. So get out in Jesus' name. I'm not going to hold on to this. I'm not gonna receive this. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if something's coming and it's stealing from me, or it's killing my joy, or it's killing the people around me, or my fish, like well, our fish died yesterday. It's okay. I'm fine. I'm happy. God's good. I appreciate the, the, the sympathy, but no, we're we're victorious, it's fine. Jack's dead, but, you know, it's okay. He's in fishy heaven, if there is a thing. But what was I talking about? I got distracted. I'm just going to move on, all right? But he's always leading me into triumph. That's who he is. That's his nature. He's good. So I I cannot afford to give in to that lie from the devil that says, God's withholding something good from me. No, if, if if there's a symptom in my body, and the Bible says very clearly that He heals all my diseases. Or if the Bible says, "Is any among you sick?" Which literally is anyone, because that's what anyone means. Doesn't mean is is anyone among you sick? But for them, it's the Lord's will for them to be. No, there's none of that. He says, "Is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church together to anoint their head with oil." And we're going to do that today. I have the oil right here in my pocket, and, and at the end of the service, if you need, if, if you want to receive something from God, we're going to do this very passage, right, and we're going to expect that the word of God's going to work, because God doesn't lie, but it says, is any among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church, and, and they'll uh, anoint their heads with oil, and lay their hands on the sick, and the prayer offered in faith, whether it's God's will or not, no, it says, the prayer offered in faith shall save the sick, shall. Is that an absolute? Is that a will? It will happen? uh, In in modern English, shall means will. Will do it. Will save the sick. God will save the sick. Because, hear this, healing is a manifestation of the goodness of God in your body. That's That's what healing is. When we see divine healing happen, when we see fibromyalgia healed, when we see Parkinson's healed, when we see these things, it's a manifestation of the goodness of God in our lives. And we've seen those things happen this year. I mean, God's good. And, and he's not a respecter of persons. You know what that means? If he did it for me, he'll do it for you, right? You probably know, I don't know if you know the song or not. If, if you don't know the song, then I just sounded weird. But if he, if he did it for one person, why would he withhold good from you? He's not withholding it. That's not who he is. The Bible says that we shouldn't be respecters of persons and, is, and God is not a hypocrite. So he's no respecter of persons. Which means if he healed someone from fibromyalgia and you're dealing with fibromyalgia, he'll heal you. Right, right. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. If, you're, if you're dealing with leprosy and you're here, we'll pray for you. Because yeah. if God did it in the word, he'll do it for you. He's He's willing. Why cuz he's good. Yeah. Man, I remember Serena had a revelation one time. She was having a pain in her stomach and um and it was just kind of like lingering and, and and trying to stay there for a while. And uh I remember uh we were we were falling asleep one night and then Serena says, "You know, I realized and, and she was looking at me. And she was like, "I realized that you buddy lo- love me and you'll do whatever whatever you you would if you the the physical power to completely remove this, she said, you would, because I know you love me. She said, how much more does God love me? How much more does God love me? To the point where he would send his son to bear those stripes for your healing. Right? he's He's not withholding it. He's not withholding it. He's not withholding the good things from us. The question is, are we going to actually believe he has good things for me, and I'm going to receive it by faith? that cuz he doesn't want to withhold it so i'm going to step forward in faith and receive what he says is mine cuz he's already made it available for me all i have to do is step forward and receive it it's not oh man there's another thing that i have to believe god for like we 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 were talking about this on the broadcast on friday you know sometimes like oh no there's a, there's a bill and i don't know what to do now i have to believe god for something else you know and we feel like all these like faith projects are like piling up and then we're like taking on the weight and the burden of it when we're not supposed to do that in the first place, right? Oh, another thing I need to be believing God for. Well, if we feel like it's a weight to believe God for something, then, then uh, and I'm just going to be honest, we need to change the way we look at faith and basically change our definition of faith. Because faith isn't like, oh, no, I need, now I need to spend another hour or another like, week fasting and praying so that this gets broken off. It's not by my works that it's broken off. It's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Right? It's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So, so faith is not, okay, now what do I need to do? Faith is not a payment. I don't have to pay for the healing that Jesus already paid for. I don't have to pay for the prosperity that Jesus already paid for. Because the Bible says, in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9, it says, he became, poor, he, he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Right, that's another thing. Prosperity in the definition of good. God doesn't want you poor and struggling. I mean, if you're a parent of kids, do you want your kids living on the street their whole life? No. Why? Because that's not a safe place to be. That's not a fun place to be. God wants you blessed. I wanted nothing more than to give you not just some land, the good of the land. If you're willing and obedient, you will not just eat. He didn't say if you're willing and obedient, you will eat. No, he says, if you're willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. That's That's what he said. Why? Because he wants you to have the good. Deuteronomy chapter 28 is very clear. If you want to read something that that shows you what God wants for you, man, you read that passage where he says, you'll be the head, not the tail. You'll be above, not beneath. That's what God wants for you. Why? He wants you to eat the good. He wants you to have the best. Why? Because he's good. He's good. Man, we serve a good God. So the, the first question that I had to ask myself was, am I seeking him? Really? Am I diligently seeking after him? Am I seeking him? Second question I needed to ask myself, and I kind of alluded to this already, am I trying to work it out myself? Because if I'm work, trying to work it out myself, I'm not actually seeking Him. I might be saying, you know, I might be asking God for help. But then if I go into, okay, now I need to fast. Now I need to spend an hour in prayer. Now I need to. Now I need to do a little praise jig. You know, now I need to. You know, if I'm if I'm trying to figure, like, put works to it, what am I doing? I'm looking more at myself. That maybe if I dance long enough, I'll get healed. I'm here, God. I, oh, <laughs> it's not by might, it's not by power, oh, okay, I'm going to lean on this for a second, but by my spirit. If the Lord tells you to do a praise dance, do a praise dance, but I need to be in him. Whatever you tell me to do, God, I'm going to do it, but see, see I, I might do a praise dance because I know he's doing it. See, my 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 actions don't produce faith. My actions are a product of my faith. You hear that? When I'm dancing, I'm not dancing because I'm trying to manifest something. I'm dancing because I know my God's good. When, when I'm worshiping him, I'm not worshiping him to produce something. I'm worshiping him because I know it's already been finished. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? I know it's already done. I'm not going to spend a bunch of time fasting and praying to produce something. I'm doing it because I just want to be with him. And I recognize that there's power in fasting to make my flesh shut up because, man, your, your flesh can get pretty loud in fasting. Man, you miss one meal and your flesh is already like, I'm starving. I'm famished. No, you're not. But, but as you... See, what are you doing... What what are you doing? You're actively saying, "Shut up, flesh! I'm not going to listen to you." And the more you do that, all of a sudden, and th- this is why we fast. We don't fast like uh, like uh, oh, you're fasting. What what are you fasting for? I'm not. Fa- I'm fasting to get His presence. Okay. Yeah. And when I'm when because when I'm shutting up my flesh, now I'm. It's actually I'm telling you, if you want to break an addiction, fast. That'll help. Now it's not a payment. It's not like I'm fasting so that I can... It's, you're training yourself to actively put to death the deeds of the flesh. Because the Bible talks about how there's, there's, a, there's a people whose God is their belly. And we should not be those kinds of people. Right. When we fast, we're, we're basically crucifying our flesh and getting to that place where now I'm not listening to my flesh as much anymore. And I'm able to be tuned into the spirit on a whole different level. And I can hear from the Lord on a whole different level. It's not just some price to pay that maybe if I starve myself, God will do something for me. That's not what it is. It's I'm doing this because, God, I just want to be with you. And I know that this is one of those ways that I can enter in. I don't pray to produce something. I pray because I, don't, I just want to be in fellowship with my father. It's like Bear was saying in the offering, it's all about love. I just. I, what's your why? Not produ- to produce something, it's because I love God. I love my God. And, and recognize when I'm in him, everything begins to work out. When I'm in him, he begins to, to lead me and guide me in a whole different way. Uh, we, the, in, in youth, we've been, well, we, like, I'd like to say that we ended a series because it's kind of kept resurrecting, but since like March, We've been in a series called uh, God Did Say It Could Be Easy. And we've been talking about Matthew chapter 11. You know, people would say God never said it would be easy. Um, but God did say it would be easy when we're in Him. Because in, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, He says, Come to me, all you are, who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is? So we see two positions now. We see two positions. Hard and heavy, easy and light. Where's Jesus? Easy and light. So basically, this whole passage is saying, if I find myself in hard and heavy, it's a symptom that something's off in my fellowship with the Lord. You've heard pastors say that, right? It's a symptom that something is off, which is why he says, come to me. If it's hard and heavy, just come to me and I'll work it out. I'll make it easy in life. If it's hard and heavy, just come to me. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Not, not complain to the stealing. To the come to me. How do we come to him? Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his courts with praise. That's how we come to him. And as we come to him, we'll begin to see that he works it out. He begins to work it out. When we come to him, when we have that fellowship with him, it begins to produce. Because when I'm connected to the vine, I will produce fruit. Fruit will automatically produce itself because I'm connected to the vine. So says, apart from me you can do nothing. But in me, man, John chapter 15, read through that. That's a beautiful chapter. If you abide in me and I abide in you, ask whatever you want. It will be given to you. But it, it all comes to that point of. I'm not saying you never ask, because the Bible says uh, you have not because you ask not. But it's in that abiding in Him. As I'm in Him, and I'm just seeking fellowship with, with Him, all of a sudden things start coming out of my spirit. The Lord begins to speak things to me. He begins to show me things that I like more than I even know that I like. You know, you know when Jesus said, uh, when Jesus said, um, he, he, he said, uh, those who seek after their own life will lose it. Right? Those who hold on to their life will lose it. But those who lose their life for my sake will find it. He's basically saying, and people have twisted it and said, well, what Jesus is saying is that uh, basically, uh, if, you, if you come to me, you're going to have to give up all the fun and all the good and all the, the pleasures of life. And you're going to have to give all of that up. And I'm going to, and, and, and you know, when you come to me, uh, it, it might be rough and it might not be fun, but uh, it, it's life. Maybe, maybe in heaven it'll get better, like, you know, that's what, in the great by and by. That's not what Jesus is saying there at all. He's saying, you think you know what life is. You think you know what gives you joy. You think you know what gives you hope. You think you know what gives you rest. Man, there's, the Lord was showing me this uh, in Texarkana. There's a lot of artificial forms of rest today, right, where Um, where, man, things are just weighing me down. I'm just going to scroll through Instagram. You know, and as I'm scrolling, what am I doing? I'm not thinking about the problems anymore. I'm thinking about the funny uh, dog that just fell off the bed, you know. And and so I'm not actually thinking, are, are we actually handling the problem? We're not doing a thing. And so once the Instagram's gone, all of a sudden, now we're back in our head and the problem's still there. And we hate to lay our head... Uh, on the on the pillow at night because our problems are still there because we haven't dealt with any of them because we just found an artificial form of peace. I'm not saying Instagram is the devil. Some of it, never mind. But uh, I mean, something's on it for absolutely. But but there's a lot of uh, reading books, newspaper, watching TV. You know, none of these. Th- I'm not saying that these things are all evil and demonic and you need to throw your TV out of the window and never watch TV another day in your life, what I'm saying is, what's the source of your rest? What's the source of your peace? Because every good thing comes from God. Now, you can watch TV and be in fellowship with the Lord, praise God, that's awesome. But if I never actually enter into the one who can actually handle the issues, but I'm just kind of medicating my brain to not think about the issues, and the issues remain, and then I wonder why I'm anxious... Because, because things aren't going away, because I'm not actually coming to Him. I'm just coming to some artificial creation that I thought maybe would bring me some source of rest, and I'm wondering why things aren't working out. But all I have to do is come to Him, and He'll make it way where there is no way. All of a sudden, the thing that I've been trying to overcome for years, when I enter into that fellowship with Him, He just works it out, because that's, where, that's what rest actually looks like. It's not artificial. it It's not fleeting. It's not just as long as, I, as long as I can just keep my brain numb so that I'm not actually handling the issues. No, when I come to him, he'll handle my issues. And how do I come to him with thanksgiving? Remember when Jehoshaphat sent the praisers first. They were going out within thanksgiving. And what happened is they were giving thanks. God already fought the battle for him. They arrived and all they had to do was, was gather in the spoil. It took them three days to gather in the spoil. They didn't have to lift a the finger. They just had to. How many of our problems will be solved instantly if we just enter in and seek Him with our whole heart? Not just, God help me. That's not your whole heart. I've been guilty of that more often than I would like to admit, even recently. Where I've, like, I I had a conversation with Pastor recently. Pastor, I did all I know to do, didn't work. It goes back to that question, am I trying to manifest something on my own, or am I I just entering into him? Because at that point, I was just looking at my own works. I did everything right. Obviously not, because nothing happened. But in my head, I did everything right. And and here's the thing, because that deception will get you all the way off track to the point where you're like, I don't even believe this stuff anymore. And those thoughts were starting to try to come in. As, As I've been ministering for years, studying the word for years, and then the devil is trying to weave all this. You did everything you knew to do, and it didn't work out. Do you even actually believe this stuff? I'm just being glass house. Have you been there? You don't have to raise your hand, but the devil will do that. It's, see, it, it looks like such a simple thing to be like, well, maybe God's withholding something from you. It might, well, it, it shouldn't be a simple thing, but you can see where that can derail you to the point where you're like, I'm not going to go to church anymore because it doesn't work anyway. It's all the devil's thoughts. He wants to try to first and foremost get you to half-heartedly seek God. Then you won't find him. Then he'll say, oh, God's withholding things from you. And then he'll lead you into that that deception of, you know, I don't even believe this stuff anymore. What's the point? It doesn't work anyway. It's a deception. It works. It works. When God said, I will send my word, and it will accomplish all that I send it to do. What does that mean? It will be victorious. It will accomplish. question is, whose lives is it going It's going to accomplish what it's sent out to do. But are we going to lo- let it accomplish itself in us by just getting into him and saying, God, I trust your word. And I know you're not withholding any good thing from me. God, God I have this bill coming up. But God, you said in your word that you will supply all my need according to your riches and glory. So praise God. It's done. You know, that's what faith looks like. Faith is not, I got to make it happen. No, faith is, it's done. Ha, praise God. Then the devil tries to bring in a thought saying, are you sure? Maybe God doesn't want to help you with this. Ha, no, I'm sure. Why? Because my God is good. We need that revelation. We need that that revelation to bleed inside of us, to be at the very core of who we are, because that changes the way we read this word. If I think that God's just a God, I'll read this, and that's all I'll see. I'll completely skip over all the, the ways of escape that God gave them, and I'll just see no, no. God, God's just a wrathful, angry God. When no, He's given them so many ways out, constantly. I mean, you'd think after like the hundred and fiftieth way out that He gave them, and they still didn't take it, you'd think God be, would be like, okay, forget these people. But He didn't. He never once gave up on him. He never once gave up on him. When, when they were in exile for a long time, God never once gave up on him. He' still, I mean, sent prophet after prophet, after prophet saying, "Hey, if you just come back to me, I'll work it out for you." And they're like, "No, but he still kept sending them. They were killing him, but he, God kept sending them. Why? Because he's good. I'm not going to give up on my people. And God's not going to give up on you. But I messed up a lot. He's not going to give up on you. He's not going to give up on you. Even while you were yet a sinner, he sent his son to die. for you. God's not going to give up on you. God's not giving up on you. The devil's told you, oh, God wants nothing to do with you. It's a lie. God wants everything to do with you. The proof of that is in his son. It's in the cross. He would have sent Jesus if it was just you. Why? Because he's good. Yeah. Amen? He's good. Yeah. God is good. And he wants to pour out that goodness on you today. Yeah. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yeah. I have all that I need. Yeah. Why? Because I'm in him. I am more than a conqueror in him. Thanks be to God who always leads me into triumph in him. Whether it's in my body. See, I'll wrap up with this. Um, I, uh, At one point, I was really curious. I just wanted to see where people were at. So I made a post on Facebook, and I asked people, I said, if you could have anything in the world, if if there was absolutely anything that you could have, what would it be? Essentially, what I was asking was, if God could do one thing for you, what would you want him to do for you? But I, I wanted even worldly people to do it. So if I said if God could do something, many of them wouldn't have commented. So I said, if you could have anything, what would you have? And every single answer Minus the people who just gave like sarcastic answers, every single answer fell under one of three categories: sin, sickness poverty every single answer i I want, I want uh addictions and, and and things to I want those to to, to go away I, I don't want people to be plagued with the addiction of of, of heroin or cocaine or 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 alcoholism or all the, these things. Like, that that was one of the things that people were saying. Or or uh, I, I want to have a relationship with my father who doesn't love me anymore. They, they, these all fall under sin. And then there were the people who were saying, uh, you know, I just want to have the finances to be able to support my family. I want to have the, the finances to do certain things, you know, or to be able to, to support uh, my, my family, you know, diff- different things. Uh, so, so poverty. You know, that was one of them, or or to end world hunger, to you know, you know things like that, which is poverty. And then you have the people who are saying, you know, uh, I, I would just want my loved one to uh, not be dealing with cancer. I want that to be gone, uh, or or you know, different things like this. All of them fill under three categories. All three of these categories of which God already gave a solution for, because He's good. Sin. He became sin who knew no sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. So that He can cast that sin as far as the east is from the west and make us into a completely new person. And He can empower us to overcome those addictions, to overcome those sorrows, to overcome those things that have been plaguing us for a while. Where you might even be here today and you're like, I've been dealing with this same sin over and over and over and over and over again and I just feel miserable. He's given you a way of escape. It's in Jesus. It's in Jesus. Uh, Sickness. The Bible says, Surely he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our disease. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes you were healed. Jesus didn't bear the stripes for your sin. He bore it for the sickness and the pain. He took that for your healing. It's already been secured. God's not withholding that from you today. Do You have financial needs, th- different things like that. I, I already quoted 2 Corinthians 8, 9, which the whole context of that passage is Paul's taking up an offering. He's talking about finances, so he's not talking about spiritual riches, which is what a lot of people say uh, when it says that he became poor. When he he took on the curse of poverty on that cross, and honestly, compared to what he had in heaven, uh, everything everything in the world would be considered poverty to that. But anyway... He became poor so that you through his poverty might become rich. And that word rich is not spiritual riches. The word is plowteo, te- plow which means material wealth. context of the verse is finances, and that word rich means material wealth. It's not spiritual riches like religious, religion would tell you. All three of those things were handled on the cross. All three of them. Praise God. He's not withholding good. He sent his son so that we can actually receive his goodness in full. Don't be deceived. My beloved brethren, every good and perfect gift is from above. And he's not withholding it from you today.
1: Oh, he's not withholding it
0: from you today. Man, if you reach out in faith and you say, God, your goodness is towards me, I'm going to reach out and take a hold of it. By faith, I'll receive it. By faith, I have it. The Bible says, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. Believe you have received it, and it will be yours. What does that mean? God, if this is your word, you're not a liar. So I'm, I, I have it. I take a hold of it. And so if you're here today and you're saying, man, I need that. I have something, and I need God to break me through it. He's here today, and he wants to help you. He's here today, and he's not withholding your breakthrough. He's not up in heaven saying, okay, who do I want to give it to today? No, he he wants nothing more than to just open the floodgates and let it pour out on this room and and see us just receive that joy again that we, we haven't laughed in years. He wants to pour that joy out on us. He wants to pour out that provision where where we leave this place or before we even leave this place, suddenly something just comes into our hand we're like, how did that happen? Uh, Thank you, Jesus. That's what he wants. He just wants to open it up and pour out his blessing on us because that's who he is because he is good. And he loves you. Man, he loves you. So I want everyone uh, to... Before I do this, if you're here and you're saying, you know what? Buddy, I, I've never really come to him. Or I've never, I may have come to him, but I've never actually given myself fully to him. And you're saying, you, you can close your eyes real quick. And you're saying, and you're saying, buddy, today, I just want to, I want to come to him. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to, I want to make him my Lord. Not just so that I can receive the things, but you're talking about a God who's good and who loves me. And I want, I want to be a part of that. And you're saying, buddy, I just want to, I want to give my life to him. Or you're saying, you know what, I, I you were talking about half-heartedly seeking after him. You know, and I I might have been giving him a portion of me, but I want to give him all of me now. If you're either of those two, I want you to just I just want you to lift your hands. Just in faith, I just want you to lift your hand. And and just between you and between you and God and say, God, I just want to give you me. God, I don't want, I'm, I'm tired of being half-hearted in this. I, I'm done with being half-hearted. I give you all of me. I see those hands. You can put them down. I want, can, can everyone just stand up? Stand up. And I want you to repeat this after me. We're going to just make that declaration real. Every single one of us, I, I want you to say this with me out loud. I'll step up here so you guys can see me. Repeat this with me and say it out loud. Let God hear it. More importantly, let the devil hear it because the devil can't hear your thoughts. He's not that smart. Speak it out loud so the devil knows he's losing. Say, say this with me. Say, Jesus, today. I love you guys. Okay. Sorry, that, I could sense the faith in the room. Say this. Jesus, today, I'll make you the Lord of my life. You call the shots, and I'll be obedient. I believe that you died on the cross. And on that cross, you bore my sin on your back. You bore my sickness. And in that curse, you bore all poverty. And I believe that it all died and was buried. And I believe that on the third day, you rose again to give me life, an enjoyable life, a fun life. And I'll receive that today. I'll receive all that you have for me today. In Jesus' name. Do you receive it? then I want to invite you, if you want me to pray for you, come forward now. Uh, line up up here, and I'm going to pray over you. I got, uh, and I'm going to do what the Bible says to do. And I'm going to believe that what the Bible says would happen will happen. Are you going to believe it? Because is God a liar? No, if he says that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, will it happen? Uh, let me ask that again. I, I know some of you are, are moving. If God says that you'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, will it happen? Yeah, Yeah, it, it can't not. So I want you to attach your faith to God's word, not to my word. Because my word, I'm just a human. But God can flow through a human and bring exactly what you need and completely turn everything around. It's not just healing. We're talking about God can completely turn your financial situ- situation around. We're talking about God can completely rewrite the things in your brain that have been holding you back from being able to pursue him. Even if it's been corrupted by decisions you've made, let's say you've done drugs or, or different things in it, and it's messed with your brain, God can completely rewire your brain and give you something fresh. Or he can just give you a whole new brain. There's nothing too difficult for him. There's nothing too hard for him. And he's willing, right here, right now, to let his goodness, ha, ha. <laughs> yes, Lord. He wants his goodness to pass before you. He said to Moses, Moses said, show me your glory. He said, Moses said, show me your glory. And God said, I will let all of my goodness, 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 I will let all my goodness pass before you. And right now, I just saw this, that as remember, I can't do a thing apart from him. And God is here. And I'm believing that as I'm walking before you, God's goodness is passing before you. God's goodness is passing before you. God's goodness. God's goodness passing before you. Goodness and mercy will hunt you down all the days of your life. God's goodness. God's goodness passing before you. God's goodness is passing before you. God's goodness passing before you. Father, pour it out now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Shadabarade, Sake, Procona Mastake, Ganyasha de His goodness passing before you. Sora Kana Mastake, Ambraheseke, Ambarodostake, Tunde Anamos, Ashta de Sake, Umbrake de Beshe. Thank you, Jesus. His goodness passing before you. His goodness is passing before you. I will let. All of my goodness pass before you, says the Lord. All, ha, all. Does that sound like he's withholding any goodness? All of my goodness. In Jesus' name. He's doing a work in your brain. He's doing something new. In Jesus' name, just receive it. Thank you. I ask, okay. All of my goodness. All of my goodness. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. All. All, All of my goodness. In Jesus' name. Perfect Father of all time, nothing, no darkness in Him, all light. He's perfect. He's your Father, and His love is directed towards you right now. All goodness in Jesus' name, and all that goodness, all that sweet buttery goodness. All that goodness. All that goodness pass before you. I will let all my goodness pass before you. Right here. Right now. Receive it. Thank you, Jesus. All goodness. All goodness. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. All goodness in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, just breathe in that goodness. Breathe in that fresh air. Breathe in it in Jesus name put your hands on your belly in Jesus name he's given you fresh breath every breath you take haha, is from him he will not withhold that from you in Jesus name in Jesus name goodness passed before him. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you. Ha, ha, ha. Joy, as she sees your goodness manifesting time and time again, I thank you, Lord, she's going to laugh in joy. In Jesus' name. Let your goodness pass before her now. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're working it out. You're working things out. And as she sees it manifest, she can't help but laugh. And she's going to laugh more and more and more because you're answering the prayers. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous avails much. And I thank you, Lord, that you have made her righteous. Ha! And you hear her cries. The Lord hears the cries of the righteous and delivers them from all their troubles. And we receive that now. You're going to have a lot of good days. Ha, 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 A lot of good days. Just lift your hands. A lot of good days as you abide in him. People will ask you, how was your day? And you're going to be like, oh, man, it was so good. Ha, ha, ha. In Jesus' name, oh, thank you, Lord. His goodness is passing before you. It's chasing you down. Hear this, all the days of your life. So that includes every day. So all the days of your life, it's going to chase you down. So stay with Him. Stay with your shepherd. Amen. Thank you, Amen. Just rest in him right now. He's getting ready to pour out. You don't have to do a thing to make it happen. All you have to do is just receive it. Amen. Amen. Say that again. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Jesus. All my goodness. All my goodness passing before you. Whoo. All the days. All my goodness. All the days. Ha 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 ha. Thank you, Lord. All the days. Thank you, Jesus. Many more days. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. I'll just sense he's pouring out his love on you right now. Uh, like a loving father. His passion would say a loving ditty. He's just pouring it out on you now. woo <laughs> In Jesus' name, thank you. Lord. Ah, you're going to dance a lot in Jesus' name. Because you're going to see him do mighty things. And even in advance, you're going to dance more than you ever have. Because you're just going to see it. Yeah, there's going to be something rising up deep in your spirit. And it's going to make you want to shout. It's going to make you want to dance. and uh, Yeah, who cares what other people think whether you look, feel like you look dumb or not, it's just going to rise up out of you. And honestly, your dance is going to break people through. People are going to see you dancing, and they're going to receive breakthrough as they're just seeing what's coming out of your spirit. Because it's not just for you, it's for them. Oh, my goodness. Passing before you now. In Jesus' name. Put your hands on your belly. the Out of your belly, you'll sense it. Living water. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You already have a shout. That's And it has broken people through. <laughs> and it's going to continue. It's going to ramp up. Thank you, Lord. Because you're going to shout in victory. Before and after. Before you see the victory. And when you see the victory, and after you see the victory, you're going to just shout for joy. Because God is doing it. Ha ha! In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. He is not withholding. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I was wondering how you were playing, but I realized that was on time. Good job, media team. God's doing a lot of different things right now. We receive. We receive now. In Jesus' name. There's gonna be songs coming out of your spirit for these keys. Just going to come out and just flow. It's not going to come from your hands. It's going to come from here. In Jesus' name, all goodness, all grace, all power, we receive it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. That's my wife, everyone. Just, yeah. I like her. She's great. Thank you, Jesus. My goodness. My goodness. Passing before you. Whew. I will allow all my goodness. The Lord's saying that you're going to see some of my goodness. You're going to see it coming to pass. Don't get frustrated for what you've seen. Just receive it first, and then you'll see it. So, Lord, we receive it now. In Jesus' name. It's coming to pass. You're working it out. You're manifesting it now. We receive it now. Just say, Jesus, I believe that I have received it. I have it now. And I'm going to see it. In Jesus' name. Jesus, thank you. God's saying, I'm just beginning. You're just seeing the beginning of all that I have for you. (laughs) You're just seeing the beginnings of it. Your your greatest vision of what I have planned for you is not even close to what I have planned for you." You're just beginning. In, in five years, you'll look back and you'll be amazed at how far you've come. <laughs> a picture about the next 20 years, 30 years. It's just the beginning. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. To give you a future and a hope and I will allow all my goodness to pass before you now. In Jesus' name. All goodness. In Jesus' name. We receive it. We receive it now. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Go In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Goodness and mercy. Goodness and mercy. He's not withholding one good penny for So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, as we receive, as we receive, as we receive, I thank you, Lord, that it's coming to pass. You're working all things together for your good. In Jesus' name, these hands will not be empty. These hands will be filled with every good, precious, and pleasant thing. We enter into you now, and I thank you, Lord, that you're breaking through, You're making a way. In Jesus' name. Ha ha. No more frustration. No more when's it coming? Why isn't it happening? No more of that. No, it's done. Oh my goodness. Passing before you now. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, Shambaka, You have testimonies? Uh, that's not even like 1% of the testimonies that you'll be carrying through your life. Oh, and you're gonna be seeing God do mighty, mighty, mighty things. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh my goodness. Passing before you now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amyashakarabasha. In Jesus' name. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Nothing missing. Nothing lacking. Oh my goodness. Ha is yours. Now. In Jesus' name. Ha ha. Thank you, Jesus. Oh Oh, he's making a way. Where there was no way. Uh, he's making a way. He calls that things that are not as though they are. You're going to see things just pop up. <laughs> it's just going to pop up out of nowhere. <laughs> and you're going you're to look at each other in awe. Like how the heck did this happen? <laughs> because his goodness. That's how it happened. His goodness is what made it happen. It's all him. And his goodness. So right now, in Jesus' name, we receive your goodness. Passing before them now, in Jesus' name. Oh, it's passing before you. I will allow all my goodness to pass before you. I'm not withholding it. I'm not withholding it. Just receive it. Just receive it. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Hoo, hoo, hoo. In Jesus' name, Ah, oh, goodness, 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 His goodness in new levels, His goodness in new ways. Now, in Jesus' name, we receive it. Ha 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 See, that's how you receive. With joy, you draw from the wells of sound you don't know, that's biblical. That's what the Bible says. With joy you draw from the wells of salvation. <laughs> it came out to be weird, didn't it? <laughs> that's how the Holy Spirit ordained <laughs> With joy. With joy. Ha 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 ha! Ha ha ha! Ha ha! Ha ha. Uh, remember when I said God's fun you're going to have a lot of fun you're going to have a lot of fun you and your husband are going to have a lot of fun you and your kids are going to have a lot of fun (laughs) ha (laughs) ha and it it, this is the Lord I want you to hear this the fun that you're going to have is going to just come out of nowhere it's going to be spontaneous it's not going to be pre-planned the Lord's just going to come in you're just, things are just going to come to you, and all of a sudden you'll be like, "Hey, we're doing this, and it's going to be..." and You're not going to say, "And it's going to be fun," but it's going to be fun. God's going to bring things to you, and you're going to have more fun. You're going to have more fun than you've ever had. Not just you alone, but you and your family. You're going to have a lot of fun in Jesus' name. Ha ha, ha ha, ha ha. Same in Jesus' name. Same as Receive it <laughs> in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Goodness, goodness, goodness. His goodness and mercy are passing before you. Who? Ha! In Jesus' name. All my goodness and all my mercy passing before you. Aha. Blessing be on everything you put your hands to do. It will be yeah, yeah. Everything you put your hands to do will be blessed. People will look at the work of that you do and they'll say, why does it keep work just working out for her? Ha. And and you'll have a scripture to back it up. Everything I put my hand to do is blessed. Not because it's you, but because he is flowing and working through you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shama Ha ha. Oh shama Wadiaba ha borokoshere she na masoko ere heya na masoko ha hey hey ha she ya na masoko he he hey thank you jesus goodness oh your goodness for the lord is good and his mercy endors we receive that mercy now. In Jesus' name. Just receive it. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your mercy and your goodness now. Pour it out on her in a new way. Fresh fire, fresh anointing, fresh everything. In Jesus' name. Haha. Refreshment. God, refresher. Refresher now. In Jesus' name. Refresh refreshment be now in Jesus name in Jesus name thank you Jesus that took ha 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 oh thank you Lord Thank you Jesus I can't do that he's a lot bigger than me Obvious. That's all Holy Ghost. That's all the Lord. I can't do any of this. Recognize this. Remember what I said. It's when you're partnered and connected with Him, He does the work. I can plan. I can water. I, my physical hands can, can can be laid. but it's God who comes through. And when when so, we believe God is big, He's powerful. He's awesome. He's massive. If a God that powerful comes in contact. With someone who's finite, like me, something's got to give. You see all throughout the Word, I I, I believe the Lord wants me to to just bring this up, you see all throughout the Word, when people come in contact with the glory of God, many times they fall out. When the glory entered into the the tabernacle, the Bible says that they couldn't even stand to minister. Why? Because they fell out. When Jesus says, Who who are you coming to search for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I am. Boom. Boom, 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 boom. They were coming to receive Jesus in a way, right? They were coming to take him. They received something different at that moment. They recognized. They recognized. We We thought we were coming for a man. We thought we were coming from Jesus, the the one whose father we don't know, Jesus of Nazareth. He said, no, I'm telling you who you're actually coming for, I am. (laughs) Ha, I am. I am. Blah, 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 blah. Ooh, they weren't expecting that. And I'm telling you right now, you're going to receive some I am, unexpected blessings. The I am is going to do what I am does. And who is he? He's good. He's not withholding. He's not withholding good. It's not who he is. It's not what he does. Not what he does. That's who God is. So, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we receive. We receive. We receive the goodness of God passing before us. We receive all your goodness. God, let us not leave here missing any bit of the goodness that you have prepared for us and lined up for us, God. We receive all that you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Do you receive it? You receive it? Ah, he's good. Say this with me. For For the Lord. He is good. And his mercy. Endures <laughs> forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. <laughs> That's been the theme all day. You're so good. We love you. We leave here today with goodness coming out of us, overtaking us, chasing us down, because that's how big you are. We thank you for what you've done this morning, what you're doing the rest of the day. We give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you watching online, we love you. We appreciate you being here. We're going to handle some housekeeping things, so have a blessed rest of your day. Hello, Pastor Brian, Pastor Nicole. We love you too, and we'll talk to y'all later. Bye online.